Well, what is God's number one priority in your life? What is his will for you? What's God's agenda for your life? Well, hopefully you've got the answer immediately in your mind because this is what we looked at last week. That according to God, our lives are all about honouring Christ by being made more like him. That's what our lives are all about. Because we were dead in sin, helplessly drowning in the waters of sin and death and judgment, but Christ died to sin. And God united us with him in his death, such that when Christ died to sin, we died to sin. Our old life of sin and death and judgment, that life has been severed, executed, crucified with Christ. We're no longer dead in sin. We're alive in Christ, alive to God, united to his son. Like that man we heard about a couple of weeks ago, hopefully you can remember him, he was on his yacht, remember? Travelling, sailing around the globe, but his mast broke, so he bobbed around on the ocean for three days until the massive luxury cruise ship, the Orion, came and picked him up and he was taken into the Orion, united with her, freely delivered out of the ocean and into the lap of luxury, just like us. Freely delivered out of sin and death and judgment and into the lap of luxury, we're now in Christ. And so since Christ is loved by the Father, we're loved by the Father. Since Christ has eternal life, we have eternal life. Since Christ lives to God, we live to God. And so he's filled us with his spirit. He's given us new hearts. We now have new goals, a new agenda in life. Everything in life is now all about being made more and more like Christ. It's what we saw last week. This week what we're looking at is that this new course of life we've been given, it's lived out with others. Because you're not in Christ by yourself. All of God's people are in Christ together. It's like being picked up out of the ocean of sin and death and judgment, rescued into the good ship, Jesus Christ, only to discover that there's multitudes of people who have been rescued just like you have. There's lots and lots of people in Christ. Many of us here are in Christ, which means we're in Christ together. And so what we're thinking about is how we relate to other people who've been included in the Lord Jesus. Next week, we're going to think about how we relate to those who aren't in Christ. But this week, if we're in Christ with others, what does that mean for us together? Well, it should come as no surprise that living our new course of life is something that God says we are to do together because we're together in Christ. Keep a bookmark, a thumb, a something in Colossians, but turn back with me just two books to the book of Ephesians and chapter 4. I'll start from verse 14, because here we're going to read of God's people together being in Christ, and so together helping each other to live in Christ, because that's what our lives are all about. So Ephesians 4 and verse 14. Then we'll no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, 
we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. So instead of being tossed around, thrown off balance and balance and, and lurching ourselves back into the ocean of sin and death, instead, verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. That's what we're on about as God's people. We're together growing up into Christ. It's just the idea of together growing more and more like Christ in all things. As an individual in Christ, your life is about you being made more like him. But as one among many who are in Christ, your life is about helping us to become more and more like Jesus. Verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, the body of Christ, those who are in Christ, we grow in him. We're built up in him. See it there at the end of verse 16. As each part does its work. Together we're to do the work of building each other up in Christ. If your foot suddenly decided to have no regard for the rest of your body, if your foot thought it was a free agent, free to ignore the rest of your body and do what it like, if your foot thought that, you could be in very serious trouble. Because if your foot suddenly decided to change directions and angles, that could rip all the tendons out of your knee, dislocate your hip, and give you back a chiropractic session it was never designed to endure. Now, your foot's in with the rest of your body, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense for it to go it alone, to pretend it's not attached. In fact, the only thing that makes sense is for your foot to live and act as if it's attached to the rest of you because it is. And the only thing that makes sense is for us to live and act as if we're attached to one another because we are. Together we're in Christ. To be united to Christ is to be united to all his people because all his people are in him. And so our new course of life, being made more like Jesus, that's not just something you and I do separately. Growing up into Christ is something we do together. Like the heart helps the lungs, which helps the brain, which helps the feet, which helps the hands. Every one of us intricately intertwined for each other. Together we're in Christ, we're alive to God, living a new course of life, helping each other to be more like Jesus. That's what life in Christ is all about. Now in the past you might have heard it said uh, that it's the minister's job to help people to be Christian. Or you can expand it out a little and it's church leaders' jobs. They do all that Christian stuff. Can you see that just doesn't make any sense at all? If we're in Christ together, how could any one of us think and act as if we don't have a part to play? We're in Christ together, being made more like Christ together. We all have a part to play in each other's new life in Christ. But how? How do we do this? How do we live our new course of life together? How do we help each other to be made more like Christ? Well, for this Turn back with me, please, to Colossians, just three or four pages over. Uh, Because Colossians, we're going to read of how we're to live this new course of life together. Chapter 1, and we'll see that the first thing we're to be doing for one another is we're to be praying for each other. 
And I reckon if you just stop and think about it, even just for a little bit, that becomes really quite obvious. Because if you can remember last week, it's the Spirit of God who is transforming us. And if it's the Spirit of God who is changing us to be more like Christ, if it's God who brings the change in our lives, then of course we're to ask him to change us all. Colossians 1 verse 9 In verses 3 to 8, we read that Paul had heard that the Colossians had become Christians. They too had been included in Christ. And so Paul prayed for them that they live out their new life. Verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Can you see how his prayer is all about their new life in Christ? Praying that they'd be filled with the knowledge of God's will, so that they'd please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. It is God who will change us, God who will enable us to live out our new life in Christ. He does it by his spirit, and so Paul prayed that God would do it. But it wasn't just the great apostle Paul who would pray for the churches that he knew about. Uh, The Colossians were to pray for him as well. Turn across just to chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 2. Chapter 4, verse 2, Paul says to the Colossians, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message. Paul was in Christ, the Colossians were in Christ, so they were to pray for one another, to be devoted in prayer for one another because they're in Christ together. Have you ever wandered around one of those enormous hardware stores, helplessly lost in all the bigness of it? I'm not exactly Mr. Handyman. I always have to think twice about which end of the hammer you're meant to pick up. So whenever I go into a place like Bunnings or Minor 10, I am always lost. I can wander around hopelessly looking for what I need. And even when I happen to stumble on the right area of the store, I don't know which one of the 20 washers or tubs of paint or fly screens, whatever it is on it, to get what I want, I invariably have to ask. In fact, I've learnt now, and so it's the first thing I do when I walk into a hardware store, I just ask. And the first thing we should do As we seek Christ's likeness in one another, we should just ask. Ask God. He's the one who has the power to change our hearts and minds. It's his spirit who transforms us. And so as we live in Christ together, we're to pray for one another. Now, all of God's people are in Christ together. And so we should pray for all of God's people all over the world. But out of all of God's people, These people here this morning, sitting on the chair beside you, they are your God-given church family. They are the people in Christ that you have the most to do with. So at the very least, pray for us. Call on our Heavenly Father to change us, that our hopes and our likes and our dislikes, and our priorities, and our lifestyle would all be fashioned into the image of Christ. Pray that our lives would be characterized by love, and joy, and patience, 
and self-control. Pray that we'd be putting to death anything that belongs to our old sinful selves. Pray to God that we would be living lives worthy of the calling of being included in Christ. Pray that we'll live lives that please him in every way and we are to be devoted in prayer for these things for one another because we're in Christ together. So pray for us. I'm telling you what to do from the word of God. Pray for us. Don't fuss about with when you'll do it. Don't put it off until you're a better Christian. Start with one of the people that are sitting in front of you this morning. Go home and pray for them. Because we have new life together in Christ. And we all want to execute our old sinful selves. We all want to be clothed in the character of Christ. And we all need God to change us. So pray for us. But there's more we can be doing for one another in our new lives in Christ because the way that God transforms us is by his spirit taking his word and driving it into our hearts. And so to help one another live more and more like Jesus, we're to speak God's word to each other. Turn back to chapter 3 with me, still in Colossians. Chapter 3, at the beginning of the chapter, Paul reminds us that together we've died with Christ, together we've been raised with Christ. Christ is our very life. And so from verse 5, Paul shows us what our new life looks like together. And you'll see in verse 5 to 11, there's a bunch of things we're to kill off in our old lives. And verse 12 on, there's a bunch of things we're to put on in our new lives. And in verse 16, Paul tells us one way that we can help one another to do these things It's by sharing God's word with one another. Have a look at Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Brothers and sisters, we're in Christ together. We're growing in him together. So what are we to do for one another? We're to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. How do we do that? Paul says, by speaking it to one another, teaching and admonishing one another with the word of Christ. We're to see God's truth make its home in our hearts. Like having a friend move in with you instead of them just coming to visit. Like soaking in a bath, instead of having a quick rinse off under the hose. Like a seed buried deep in the earth to take root and to grow and to flourish and to blossom. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in us all. Now this doesn't mean you have to be able to quote chapter and verse. This doesn't become a competition to see who's memorized more of the Bible than anybody else. It's simply sharing the truth of Christ with one another. The things from the Bible that we know to be true of our Lord. We're going to speak about those things with each other. And it's not just something a select few of us do. As if this is left to the ministers or the growth group or the mob or the clag leaders or the kids' church teachers. No, we're all told here to teach and admonish one another. We're all to be speaking God's truth to one another to see God's word dwell among us. Because it's God's word that will change us. 
It's God's word that brings transformation. Right throughout the scriptures, we see that God's word, it is powerful. It is life-changing. And so we're to speak and to encourage and to warn each other with the truth of Christ. And we can be involved in this in so many ways. You can do it over morning tea this morning. Why not chat to someone about something you were reading in the Bible during the week? Or talk to someone about the things we've been thinking about from God's word this morning. Families can do it together. That that parenting night sounds terrific. A great thing to encourage in one another. But look, if you're a child in a family here, you can be involved in this in your family. Why don't you talk to your brother or your sister or your mum or your dad about how God's word is changing the way you live. Parents, we can be reminding our children of, of all that Christ is and all that he's done for us. You can do this in a growth group, one of the easiest ways of all, since the main reason a growth group even meets is to read the Bible. You can speak God's word to each other over the phone, ring each other up, find out how one another's going and remind each other of Christ and the hope we have and what a difference he makes to our lives and to our circumstances. You can meet one-to-one during the week, have a, a set regular time to catch up and read the Bible with somebody. It's one of the most exciting things that I do in my week and it's one of the most exciting things about DPC doing this course of your life. We've got around 200 people meeting each week in pairs to read the Bible together. That is life-altering stuff. But don't limit yourself to what examples I've come up with. There are so many ways we can see the truth of Christ dwell among us richly. And we're to do it because we're in Christ together. And the Spirit of God, he uses the Word of God to transform us more and more into the glorious likeness of Christ himself. And friends, we're to do all of this in love. When you know the love of God that he brought you into Christ, when you know the love of God that he brought us into Christ, that Christ would die for us and as us, Knowing the love of God, we're to share God's heart. And so out of love, we're to be praying for one another. It's out of love that we're to be speaking the truth of Christ to each other. Turn with me back, just two verses, to verse 14, chapter 3. After speaking at length about all the different things of the sinful nature we're to kill off and all the different things that we can be putting on as the character of Christ, as he gets to the end, Paul says, over it all, Put on love. Verse 14. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. It's like it's winter. And so you put on your singlet, and then you put on your shirt, and then you put on your vest, and then you put on your jumper, and over it all, if you can fit it, you put your woolen coat. Well, with our new lives in Christ, we're to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and pulses over all these virtues. Put on love. Why would we actively and decisively help one another to be more like Christ? Why are we praying for one another and speaking the truth of Christ to each other? It's out of love. The people around you here this morning, do you care about them? really, then pray for each other. Speak the truth of Christ to each other. Love one another. 
Yesterday, my eldest son played his uh, first cricket semi-final. Justin loves cricket. And the team has come together really well uh, during the season. At the start of the season, it was just a collection of a few boys and a couple of girls. And some of them knew each other, but some of them didn't. And it was just sort of a bit of a random mess, really. But their training session last Tuesday was something to behold. They had really come a long way. They were shouting out encouragement to each other. They were congratulating each other when they'd done something well. They had a purpose in being together. They wanted the best for each other. And it really was genuinely delightful to watch. Now, if a bunch of 11-year-olds can rally around each other for a game of cricket, how much more can we rally around one another for our lives? We've been brought in Christ together. We're alive to God in Christ together. And from our Heavenly Father's perspective, the most important thing in our lives, his number one agenda item for us all, is that together we become more and more like Christ to his praise and glory. And so we're to help one another to put to death our old lives that disgust us, And we're to help one another to be clothed in the wonderful character of Christ. And so out of love, we pray for one another. Out of love, we speak the truth of Christ to one another. So that God will transform us into the glorious likeness of no one less than Jesus Christ himself. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've brought us in Christ. You've included us in him. And Father, thank you that you've brought us in him together with all your people. And Father, help us to understand what a rich privilege it is to be one among many of your chosen and dearly loved people. And so, Father, we pray that out of love, sharing your heart for your people, we would pray for each other. And we would love one another. And we would speak your truth to one another. That, Father, together we will build each other up in Christ. We'd be more like him, our head. And we would live in ways that please him in every way. To his praise and glory. Amen.